Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here with another episode of our Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Excited to be with you today. I have a great guest. I think you're going to learn a lot from. I'm actually really looking forward to speaking to her about her process to take entrepreneurs beyond the chaos of their business. Uh, Susan Fenema is the CEO, and CEO stands for Chaos Eradicating Officer. I almost said chief, so I, that was just ingrained in my brain. Uh, and your business, of course, is, is Beyond the Chaos, a, a consultancy for small business owners to simplify their operations and manage their projects so they can grow their businesses and, and get their lives back. Love that. Uh, you obviously have 30 years of of operations and, and project uh, management experience. So uh, I imagine you've developed your process uh, from that time. And of course, uh, living in McKinney, Texas, uh, it says when you're not making multi-course dinners, you enjoy Texas A&M football games, go SEC, and uh, and Blackhawks <laughs> hockey. So Susan, great to, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Rob. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it'll be fun. I uh, We were chatting, obviously, just a, a little bit before we got started. And, um, you know, I mean, volumes of material have been written. Uh, I think probably the e-myth comes to mind the most uh, for me of uh, small business owners that become trapped by their business. And, and that may be because of how they got involved in it, or it may be because of not knowing uh, what they don't know. And in your case, I'm sure that that's a part of it. So maybe, you know, let's start a little bit from the beginning. How'd you get involved in it? And uh, did you have your own kind of problems and mistakes that you had to work through? Or what, what did that look like for you in the beginning? You know, it, it's interesting. The way I started my business is because I have always been that employee at a company oh. who worked directly for a business owner helping them do all that thing, you know, right. all those things, the one that everybody goes to, the one that knows how everything works, or at least knows who to send you to. Oh, and so when I, I love ready, that employee, that's a great employee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I worked at a lot of places where everybody's like, oh, you need a Susan. I need a Susan. So, you know, there was uh there was always that. And, and I love the way that makes me feel, you know, makes you feel really needed. Yeah. And when I left my last company, part of why I left was I wanted more. And I just kept thinking over and over, why would I keep only working for one at a time? Right. And so that's where the idea came about of fractional COO type work. I was going to ask you about that because I saw that on your LinkedIn and I've yeah. never seen that before. I, I Obviously, fractional CFOs are, yep. are common, but I'd never seen a fractional COO before. That's a very, very cool way to put it. Well, and, you know, for the companies I work with, which are usually 25 people or fewer, hiring a COO full-time, that is expensive and yeah. it is a long-term obligation and probably substantially more than you need. Now, once you get to 25 people or more, you probably need someone like me, even if it's not at the C-level, maybe it's an operations director or, or something like that. But um, up until that point, 
really hiring one full time, it's a lot of money to put out. Yeah. And it's all overhead, right? Yeah. It's operational stuff. The only time you can make money back really on somebody like that is if they're also doing project management for your clients and you have clients that require that. And then maybe you could bill some of that out, but you're not ever going to capture all of it. And one of the things I learned throughout my history is that first year, year and a half, man, the impact that you can make on a business while you systemize and develop processes, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. But then after that, Okay, ah. well, keep paying me. I'm floating. All I'm doing is making sure it still keeps going, which, right. you know, if you have a fractional person, then maybe they are just checking in once a quarter and making sure or uh, touching base once a month and make sure you're staying on track or, or however the case may be there. But it really avoids you having that long time employee, too, who is not having as much impact. You know, I love that. Um, I have a great operations person. He's been a friend for a long, long time. And there was always that little fear of what was it going to be like working together. I think both of us had that. But um, one of the amazing benefits for me, besides the fact that I've offloaded so much of what, honestly, I wasn't good at anyway, right. onto him. But uh, man, an amazing benefit has been the number of happy clients and referrals that we have gotten. I mean, I probably need to one day really put pen to paper and maybe even track it, but it's pretty considerable what happiness uh, and happy clients leads to when it comes to real business growth. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of that as well in what you do. Cleaning up that fulfillment process is definitely part of what we do, whatever that fulfillment may be. And in our case, it's professional services type work. Yeah. But there are absolutely um, operational experts and even fractional COOs for uh, manufacturing type companies and uh, product based companies. That fulfillment part, it doesn't matter how much you sell. If you can't fulfill right. and make somebody happy, yeah. you want to make sure that they're coming back, that they give good reviews, that they will refer other people. They buy again. They, right? The easiest client to keep is one you already have. Yeah. So what are you putting in place to manage that client after they become part of your team and or part of, of your business? I even look at it from look at that person taking that first step from entering into your sales process, however they come in, what is their path all the way through to when they are giving you referrals? Yeah. What yeah. does that look like? And what are those processes all involved along that path to keep them moving towards that end goal of happy customer? Love that. Love that. So tell me, I mean, you've seen a lot, I'm sure, not just in businesses that you've worked for, but in this fractional role that you do mm -hmm. as a consultant now, what are some of the biggest mistakes that business owners make over and over and over again that, that kind of traps them, if you will, in this place? Um, there's two that are really big. One is, I don't want to say that they're penny pinchers, yeah. <laughs> but believing, maybe it's more believing I can or have to do it all. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to spend money on that. Gotcha. So you're spending hours and hours and hours on building your website, which is not your skill set. Right. But that's what you're going to do because this one time you took a class and you learned WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that's uh, not necessarily a great use of your time. 
You talked earlier about what are some of the pitfalls that I fell into even knowing better. And that was definitely one of them. Mm. When When I was starting out, especially when I started out before I had a team, I did feel like I had to do everything. And there isn't money to give away. Right. Give away. I'm doing air quotes for that. <laughs> um, because it's not really giving it away, right? It's investing in something yeah. that somebody can do better than you. Yeah. And that's one of the main things is realizing what that hourly rate is for you and then figuring out what all of those other tasks are worth. Yeah. So if you're a $200 an hour person, say that that's what your rate is, then is responding to every single email that is about a potential meeting, is that something that you should be doing? Or should you have a VA that might be $20 an hour doing that? Especially if they do it great, like mine does. She's awesome. So, you know, thinking about it in those terms is that's one of the first main things I think that small business owners get sucked into. And the other is not having any process so that they cannot delegate. Mm. So when you say it's just too much, you finally given up, I'm going to get help. I know I should get help, man. Nobody does it right. Right. Nobody does it the way I do it. Nobody, I have to do everything. You know, it comes back to that. And that's a process issue. That means it's all in your head. It is not written down in a way that is reproducible by someone else. Yeah. And this prevents you from scaling your business. If you have to own every single thing in your head, then you can't scale. It needs to be simplified and it needs to be systemized. Nice. I love it. I love it. And I'm actually interested in your VA that does your email. (laughs) She's great. She's super great. (laughs) That's like one thing I've never let go of, and I probably need to let go of that, especially as my email is just floating around the whole world. It's something I need to let go of. So that's good. I I really like that. That's okay. So with those two things in mind, those kind of two, you know, big block things, Mm Talk to me about like your process. You mentioned maybe it was while we were talking or or before that you have a three-step process that you use. So tell me what your process is and how does it fix or or fit in those those two big gaping holes? So the first step in our process is that systems set you free. So we spend some time with you uh, digging out all that stuff that's in your head. Yeah. Getting it down, uh, I would say on paper, but no, not on paper, somewhere in the cloud where <laughs> all of your team, whether they're in your office or virtual, can access it and know what the expectation is. Yeah. Uh, getting all that set up. Now, here's the big part of this. That doesn't mean you're done. You're never done with process. Yeah. It evolves and grows with you over time. And you use it and grow it. We make changes to ours all the time because Mm. something comes up or there was a question. Um, And if that question came up, then let's make sure it's clear the next time. Other great part about setting up the structure is that now when something goes wrong with an employee, you can blame the process instead of the person. And that's so much easier. Now, down the road, you might find that that person just can't follow process. That's a whole other, that's a whole other thing, but it's so much easier and less confrontational. If you are starting with, Hey, that is not the outcome that I, as the business owner was expecting. 
I read this this way. Where did we go wrong? Nice. Let's fix it. And then now you've educated, you've updated, and the next time it shouldn't happen again. Yeah, it, it becomes um, what is it about the process that's right. broken rather than why are you incompetent, which is never a good and easy conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, right. And, and not the, fair, right? Not it's fair. It's not fair. It's yeah. not fair. And most of the time what you get is a better process, a better relationship. Yeah. And now you're teamed up together to make this happen yeah, because you're putting your vision into it too. They're now seeing what the vision is that I business owner expect mm. and want Good. my business to look at. So we start with that. We dig in deep and uh, we spend probably about a month digging into what are all the tools you use? What does your team do? You know, how many team members do you have? What hurts you the most every day? You know, yeah. Where are you wasting time? We start with that. And then the next thing that we look at is how we start implementing all of it. So putting the writing the processes, um, perhaps managing the projects, um, especially if you're a software developer or creative agency. If you don't have a project manager as part of your team, that can be a real sap on the business owner of managing all those details every day. Right. So getting that off the plate, making sure you have the right tools for everything from sales to your project management tool to even, you know, how are you sending out proposals? If you need to send a written proposal because, for example, you're a software developer and you want to make all the specs clear or something, are you sending them a Word document in your email right. that they can't sign? You know, make it easy. Are right. you using a signature software? Yeah. That type of thing. How do you get paid? You know, what software are you using to get paid? Uh, all of those things are things that we look at to help kind of walk you through that whole system in that project management piece of it, which is the second piece there, we're looking at what is repeatable? What types of projects are you doing over and over again? Let's put a template in place so that we're always starting in the same place and we don't forget something and have to come back to it. Right. That's also where you get quality control is when you start building that kind of thing too, so that you're making sure that the copy gets proofread <laughs> and those steps that uh, might go by the wayside in an emergency. Uh, and if you plan it better, there will be fewer emergencies. Right. So that's uh, part two. And then part three is really managing your interruptions. Now that you are the business owner and you have delegated and you have systemized and you have good project management in place, how are you handling your day? How are you not responding to everything and instead driving everything? So you're not letting your business drag you around like a bull with a ring in its nose. Uh, instead, you are actually deliberately doing what your business needs. Right. And hopefully finding yourself with more free time. Love that. Oh, I love that. Uh, we talk a lot to our clients about being proactive, not reactive. Mm -hmm. And of course, yes. we talk about that in relation to their book, using their book in terms of their marketing and that sort of thing. Of course, you're talking about it in terms of the entire business itself, right? So yes. just wondering, what do you find with because it sounds like you work with a lot of different, you, you work with software companies, you work with, you know, service-based businesses in your consulting. 
when you free up an entrepreneur in these ways, when you uh, accomplish step one and step two, and you leave them to step three, where do most of them uh, fall there? Not fall as in they make a mistake, but like, uh, where do most of them like uh, thrive? And where's the place that you see most of them primarily functioning in? Is it like a marketing role? Is it in what role is that primarily? Just wondering, curiosity. Sure. Most of the business owners go to the marketing and sales part because nobody can sell your business as well as you can. Sure. Nobody can. And you're the face of the company, whether you really want to be or not. Yeah. Um, More introverted people might fall more towards the implementation aspect, especially if you're looking at a business owner who started their business because they were great at software development or great at a form of advertising. Maybe they want to keep writing copy. Uh, And so in those ways, then you become billable to your client and then we, you can hire somebody else to do that business development. So there are, ways to make all of it work. But the main thing is to find why you're passionate about your business in the first place. Because let's face it, after you've done it for a long time and been beat up enough, you tend to not be passionate about it anymore. Right, 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 right. Um, what do you love to do? And let's make sure there's time for that. in the schedule that we plan. So calendaring is a big thing that I use with that. Yeah. And making sure that whatever that focus is, whether it is sales and marketing, whether it is actual implementation, that you are allocating the right amount of time every day to that that job, that job you've made yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the thing that only you can do. And perhaps, uh, or that you you love to do. Yeah. Or that you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So, you know, oftentimes the um, cobbler's kids don't have uh, (laughs) shoes. Just wondering where, uh, you know, in a moment of honesty, where you find yourself uh, maybe in error in this process, just in your own business. Like, what's the most, what's the toughest part for you? That's a great question and very fair Um, (laughs) because we're not all perfect. And what we're talking about is hard to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely cobbler last to have the shoes. Didn't get my sales process systemized that well until last uh, spring. Mm. And once I was able to hand that part off, I was just able to see how this could grow and how everything can scale and how other people can understand my vision and be able to implement it. Yeah. Uh, Just by creating a simple package, my, what I was selling was too hard. Nobody could do it, but me, nobody could do the first part, but me, we could get to the implementation and they could do it, but I had to do all the first part. It was too hard. Wow. So I had to actually look at, what am I selling? How do I make it simpler for my clients to understand? And then how do I make it so that my team can actually implement it right. for me? Because they were perfectly capable. I just hadn't figured out how to get it out of my head. Yeah. And so we did that last year. And I'm really starting to see it roll out so beautifully so that I get a check from a client and we say, hey, client, here's your consultant. And they go. Yeah. And it's great. That part has been great. But yes, that was definitely a struggle for a while. That and also trusting somebody with my emails. 
Like oh, yeah, you know yeah. That was hard. <laughs> Back to email, yeah. <laughs> and I kept saying, I kept saying, oh, I don't have an email problem. And I didn't. I mean, my inbox was always at zero. It's still always at zero. But like most business owners, and I still do this, man, I'm stressed. And if I just go and open my email, I can get things done, supposedly. But you're not getting anything done. You're right. just wasting time. Right. <laughs> right. Very true. And so, you know, you can, it feels like you're accomplishing something, but you're not. But now I've gotten to the point that, um, except for those few times that I feel like I need that break, <laughs> I can actually not look at my email all day. Um, my team alerts me when something's important and they leave the things that I need to respond to for me to do later in the day. And now it's not also distracting me from the things yeah. Um, yeah. at hand. Yeah. I imagine yeah. you're more productive than ever. Yeah. yeah. Even if I have to go in and reply to something, I still have to curb myself from looking at everything else that's in yeah. there. So that can be a challenge too. So I'd say those are probably the two things that took the longest to get there. And I'd say right now, there is still part of the sales process in my head. I am the only one doing that part. And that part is in my head. But at some point, it does get cut off and my team is able to even help yeah. me with that. Yeah. I um, All of us, I think, that are entrepreneurs start in a similar way, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's about we're all in two businesses. We're in the business of the magic that we provide to clients, right? of course. But we're yes. also in the business of client attraction, getting the next customer. And no right. one else... In my opinion, no one else does that as well as the the business owner. That doesn't mean that you can't get help and all of that. And so, you know, one thing that you'll see, and I, I want to, in just a second, move to the first thing you talked about, which was the sales piece, because I want to talk about your book and how you're using that as well. But, you know, one thing that, that you'll see is even outsourcing, like I don't do any sales calls or any of that. And we drive three to 500 applications a month to work with the company. But I know if I was involved more directly, we would close a lot more than we do. A higher percentage we would close just because, like you said, I'm the face of the business. Being the face of the mm -hmm. business does matter when it comes. I'm the one that's written the, the best-selling books, et cetera. But that's just not the business that I want to have, right? And uh, that's not the best and highest use of my time to be on 80 to 100 or however many calls per month. So so it's very, very good. I love the stuff that you're saying. Let's talk about the sales piece. I, I'd like to know what you're doing for the sales and marketing piece yourself. And you have a book. Tell us about the book and, and how do you use the book to attract clients, um, maybe frame yourself better, grow your authority, that sort of thing. So our book is Three Ways to Remove Chaos from Your Small Business. Pretty straightforward. Pretty clean. And I, and I just told you the three ways. We use that book in our sales process as a giveaway, actually. It's free. You can download it on our website. Yep. And it pushes people through that process. So the first part is educating them. And that's what this book is for. It is that education. And then at the end, we're giving them, we're giving them the opportunity to fill out an audit. In that audit... We ask a bunch of questions and then we go through all of those and we prepare three customized 
suggestions for them to improve their business based on those questions. No kidding. And that begins our sales process. Yeah. So that call is our sales process. Nice. Are they, are they three solutions based on investment level? Is that how, what are the three different various levels of solution? It's usually not uh, levels based on income. It's usually flat out suggestions. Okay. Uh, you, know, you could start, try this, try this, try this. Try this. You try this tool. Use this tool differently. Right. You need to get a handle on this area. Look at a bookkeeper. You know those types gotcha. of things that come out of looking at a bunch of businesses over time and being able to identify from that pain that the client is experiencing some ways that it could help them. So very free to take that, run with it yourself. Yeah. Uh, but then we complete that with a sales process at the end where yeah. we talk through, you know, what we're going to do. And so I, the book was intended to educate our clients, but it also gives some authority to what we're doing. And it makes us appear as though we have a process, yeah. which we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it has been threefold really in helping us be able to explain better, just like you were asking, I haven't heard of the fractional COO. What is yeah. that? Yeah, it's great. That might be a cool title for a book, fractional COO. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's a great, I mean, because everyone's heard of a fractional CFO. I don't know that I had ever heard of a fractional COO, but but I get it. And even your honesty in that there are diminishing returns mm-hmm. once systems are put into place and processes are more fully developed, though they continue to develop over time, there is diminishing returns unless you're like deeply involved in customer service and other things, which as a fractional COO, I imagine that that's not the case. You don't need to be. You don't. And, you know, yes, a manufacturing company, for example, might need more help as you install new equipment as you do all of these types of things. And I think even with a a services businesses, as you start to grow, there are going to be turning points where you need a few more tweaks, where yeah. you need a little bit more um, pizzazz or something to yeah. make things run a little better. But it's not always, you know, you can build something that you can work on. And as long as you're good at at maintenance of it, it will continue to work. Yeah, love it. Susan, thank you. Thanks for sharing. What a great interview. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think I like implementing those things as much as I like talking yeah. about them. <laughs> you know, you're not alone. Most small business owners, they are so creative. That's why they started their business. Yeah. They are horrible at follow through. Horrible. So that's why you need someone yeah. like me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. So tell us best places for people to find you, get a copy of your book, that kind of thing. Where can we send them? Go to the website beyondthechaos.biz slash ebook. Okay. You can download it there and then all the contact information is available there too. Great. So beyondthechaos.biz and then forward slash ebook, but they'll also find a at the dot biz address, they'll find all the information on your It'll business. It'll even be on the ebook page. Yeah. You have one-stop shopping if you just go there. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, thanks for, for sharing your wisdom. And uh, I hope you're able to help a lot of uh, small businesses out of the chaos. Me too. Thanks so much, Rob. I appreciate it. My pleasure.